On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Eddie Witz got started in his musical career a little late in the game, compared to most people. A lover of music his whole life, he never really entertained the idea of becoming a professional musician, until a friend invited him to sing on an upcoming movie soundtrack. That put a match to the spark in his spirit to bring his music to the forefront, and he hasn't looked back since. His first record, My Island, released in October of 23, quickly garnered over 30,000 streams and regular radio play in the U.S. and Jamaica. Eddie joins me on this edition of Americana Music Profiles to talk about this interesting journey and his upcoming music. Eddie, hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for um, taking the time to join us today. You are uh, on the sunny West Coast, is that correct? Beautiful, uh, sunny Southern California, where every day it's 72 and sunny. That's awesome. <laughs> Until it's not, right? You probably could use a little rain every now and then. Honestly, uh, it, it just got freezing cold, um, and the rain is coming apparently this week. Yeah. Uh, the weather patterns are, are definitely adjusting. I mean, I, I was born and raised in Los Angeles and uh, consistently have been spoiled with pretty nice weather uh my whole life and then you know all of a sudden over the last few years weather patterns have started to shift and um it seems like it's getting a lot colder uh at certain times of the year but honestly i think it's a blessing because with the droughts and yep. uh, getting some more rain getting some more water you know into the state of california is definitely much needed so i'm yeah. just going with the flow i'm just wearing you know warmer clothes so, um, uh, music for you wasn't, if I remember correctly, we, we had a chance to, to uh, chat a little bit um, before we got uh, on the call here, um, wasn't always your pursuit, is that right? No, it, it was always a love and a passion. Um, you know, my, my mom was great. She got me on piano and on piano lessons and in music classes at a very young age, four or five years old. And I really enjoyed that as as a young child. And I remember being very proud of myself in elementary school where uh, the music teacher took a liking to me and she would ask me to come on stage and play on the piano in front of all the kids. And the fact that I had a couple songs memorized, uh, you know, made me very confident and then led me to really uh, uh, studying theater arts and um, performance mm -hmm. in high school and, mm -hmm. and in college. That was my major, I graduated from USC uh, as a theater major, and my focus was performing. And some of my favorite performances were musicals, mm. uh, Broadway musicals, mm -hmm. like West Side Story, Oliver Twist. And luckily, I was able to book some lead roles, and I had some solo songs. 
And I used to always sort of play the piano behind the scenes and and um, dream that one day maybe I could get the opportunity to figure that out. But it didn't happen until later in life. Um, of course, my wife is the singer-songwriter, and she lived that dream as a young adult mm-hmm. in Australia. But uh, when we met, it was really about uh, coming together and starting a family. So she put a lot of that on the shelf yeah. until recently. Wow. And I think, um, if I remember correctly, you told me that you uh, it, it wasn't just uh, you know uh, acting school. It was a fairly significant acting school, and, and you got to be... Um, um, rub shoulders with some people who went on to be fairly famous Hollywood style actors. Is that right? Well, I grew up in the shadow of Hollywood. So I was born and raised in Hollywood. My parents are both professors. My father's a computer science professor at USC. And my mother is a Renaissance historian professor at Hmm. Occidental College, which is in Eagle Rock, which is like where Obama went to undergraduate school Mm -hmm. here. Mm Mm-hmm. So I had a very uh, academic uh, family, but here I was the black sheep, you know, interested in the arts and, and theater. <laughs> yeah. um, but we did move to Beverly Hills uh, wow. when I was younger. So Beverly Hills High School, a very famous theater school with a lot of famous alumni. So yeah. Richard Benjamin's son, the famous actor, was in my theater class. Dean Martin's grandson, Alex Martin, played Hamlet, and I was Horatio. And that was a thrill for me. And then, of course, there were classmates of mine that were just getting started in their careers, like Angelina Jolie and people like Toby Maguire and Leonardo DiCaprio, who's, who were in the neighborhood and were in my my grade. Yeah. Uh, also, people like James Caan from The Godfather. You know, he was like my soccer coach. Growing up, his his son Scotty was a friend of mine, and I'll never forget uh, how cool James Conn was and uh, (laughs) some of the uh, memories I have of him, you know, on the soccer field. Yeah, uh, that's cool. Coaching at the playoffs. (laughs) So when did the when did the switch get flipped for you from emphasis on theater and acting to hey, um, maybe this this singing thing is is a gig for me? Well, you know, I shifted when I graduated from college. I shifted into entrepreneurship. Uh, my earlier years, I was working for the major agencies and talent management companies. So I was on the, the back end helping mm-hmm. get opportunities and sort of putting putting that on the shelf as far as I was concerned. I was, you know, going through what most kids or young adults go through, trying to find themselves, trying to figure out what this life is all about and what what my dream really was mm-hmm. and I, I don't think I had the courage or the experience to go for it um, then um, then I got into as a creative director working with artists and brands and celebrities on building their branding and their marketing and their merchandising which is what kind of kept me close to culture and arts mm-hmm. I grew up, you know, in the streetwear industry. We love skateboarding, snowboarding, surfing, and music. And so it was really cool for me to stay connected to what was going on with culture and with music. But what really happened was the pandemic and going through my own personal traumas and struggles had uh, created a physical ailment 
that left the right side of my face partially paralyzed mm. moment brought on by a shingles attack, which is something that a person might get if they've had chicken pox. Right. Uh, I had as a child. So I conjured this shingles attack because I was under so much stress. Mm. That forced me to look inward. It also gave me a new uh, amount of of material as a songwriter mm-hmm. and as a, as a vocalist. But it was really my friend, uh, Native Wayne Jobson, who is a famous Jama- Grammy award-winning platinum, two time, you know, multiple platinum Grammy award-winning producer and songwriter who happened to come over to my house for dinner. And he remembered that I enjoyed music and he gave me a song that he wanted me to try to record professionally in a recording studio which hmm. was the first time anyone had uh nudged me to do something like wow, that wow that's cool and I didn't know where to begin but he sort of held my hand and 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 got me through that first song uh called keys to the kingdom and that just opened up the pandora's box for me hmm. you know because hmm. i uh you know, I'm sort of like an octopus. They call me Octo Eddie, right? I've got like eight <laughs> tentacles. And I'm really good at multitasking. Yeah. So like, oh my God, you know, so the first thing is we brought in um, um, Santa Davis, who was Peter Tosh's drummer, uh, played drums for Bob Marley to oh, lay cool. down percussion tracking yeah. the song. Yeah. Then we uh, hooked up with the Nyabingi Ethiopian Church and brought in a Kede, a Kede artist, uh, percussionist, which really was sort of the sacredness of the music because that artist, you know, he takes the Kede drum very seriously. It's hmm. a sacred, sacred instrument, you know. Hmm. Uh, so it was wonderful when he came in the studio and he's making blessings and sort of holding sacred space before we even started the recording. Wow, that's cool. So I recorded a lot of that, and then there was um, Butta and Biscuit, who uh, are beautiful horns and keyboard arrangers. They worked with Beyonce, and they came in and did a beautiful horns arrangement. So that was just, I never had more fulfillment and joy Hmm. ever. Hmm. Anything else except getting married and having my children, Mm -hmm. next to those two things, I feel like going to the recording studio... And recording a song was so joyful and mm. so fulfilling that I got addicted to it. Yeah, that's and cool. At that moment, we've done probably fifteen more more tracks over the last two years. So, all of these songs uh, are on an album that's out, or, or are you working on a second album? Tell me how the structure of these songs are and and how they are available. So we just really, I just released my first record ever called My Island. Um, there is the, and that's a full length project. Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that means. I guess what, what's going on is I've been instructed that we're going to want to waterfall singles. Okay. But it's a full album. Okay. Before releasing an, uh, about a six track EP. So the plan is to release maybe two more single records over the next few months. And then by March, April release a full EP, which would be about six songs. So maybe the first three songs that I would release now. So that's my Island. My next release is going to be a song called Jamaica time, which has a beautiful history as well. that I'll go, I'll get into Then the next song I want to release is called in California. 
and then we'll drop an EP, which will have three more songs, most likely the one that got away, Same Moon Tonight, and a song called I Am What I Am. And then I would say by September of next year, an entire album, so maybe another five or six songs Okay. on top songs in the EP and that would be my first album. So that would be your debut project at that point as far as a full yeah. length 10, 12 song album. Awesome. Cool. Cool. So you, right. um, we, we were talking and of course if you even paying attention to the titles of some of those songs, they sound um, Caribbean island. Obviously my island is, is uh, you, um, uh, it connotates what you think it does but you were telling me that that is Although those are kind of um, uh, reggae Caribbean feel, is not necessarily the genre that that is uh, where you will be long term, as far as your music. Yeah, the the music that the the bulk, the majority of the music I'm doing is sort of a genre blend of Americana, folk, pop, and reggae. I'm sort of smashing that all together. Mm-hmm. There are some songs that are more deeply rooted in Jamaican and world and reggae culture. So my first debut record, My Island, there's a history for this song. So there's a songwriter by the name of Jeff Barry, who is one of the most decorated songwriters in history. He's Mm -hmm. a rock and roll songwriter. And in 1970, he wrote a top 10 hit called Montego Bay. Yeah. And that song put Jamaica on sort of the tourism map in a big way. Mm. And Jeff works with Native Wayne Jobson, and they got together uh, a little while ago, and Jeff had the idea for a follow-up, a sequel, to Montego Bay called My Island. And they got together, and they started writing the lyrics and coming up with the structure, and then they brought it to me to sort of co-produce, arrange, and and perform and record. Um, So I wanted to approach the song more broadly like more of a folk folky islandy song sort of in the vein of you know a jimmy buffett or a paul simon or even an artist like jimmy cliff Mm -hmm. whose music is sort of more worldly and um but then we also did a reggae remix uh version which is out currently on digital service platforms because Irie FM in Jamaica decided they wanted to spin the reggae remix. We had a relationship there. So it's been a huge blessing. But for the last three weeks in Jamaica, Irie FM, which is one of the largest you know, radio stations in Jamaica, accounts for over 25% of listeners, has been spinning the song regularly. That's awesome. So that version is a very sort of groove-centric uh, dance sort of version um, of the song. And then moving to the second song that I'm going to release, Jamaica Time, or I'm on Jamaica Time. This was a song that Wayne had written for Jimmy Buffett because Wayne and Jimmy had worked together and Wayne had written another song for Jimmy that he released. And the funny story is that at the time, Jimmy's Buffett plane was mistaken for a uh, drug smuggling plane in Jamaica. Oh, my. (laughs) They shot bullets at his plane. And at the time, it was Bono from U2 and his family and Chris Blackwell the founder of Island Records, who was in the plane that almost got killed. So Jimmy wrote this song called Jamaica Mistaka, which is a famous Jimmy Buffett song, and put Jamaica time on hold and never got to recording it. Jimmy's obviously just recently Mm -hmm. passed 
rest in peace. I was lucky enough to be sort of given this demo. We went into the studio. Um, I should also mention that we have Sly Dunbar from Sly and Robbie and Robbie Lynn, who's a famous keyboardist in Jamaica on these tracks. They mm. basically put wow. on, on keyboard. But um, Jamaica time, we also do a remix version, and then we have some, sort of more of the pop folky version of the song, and I'm really excited to share that song next with the world. It's it's uh, it's one of the songs. It's a song. It's like it's it's basically my Margaritaville, right? Jimmy mm-hmm. Buffett. Mm-hmm. His song Margaritaville has become one of the most successful songs in history because of the resorts and the merchandise and all the sort of restaurants that have opened up. Yeah, that Margaritaville brand. Well, Jamaica time is similar. It's like being on Jamaica time is a state of being, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to be jamaica it's just like don't rush me soon come tomorrow i'm on jamaica time yeah and that's cool it gives me so much joy to perform it and to sing in and it puts smiles on people's faces so what is it gonna look like or, or, or do you have a um a routine already in place now of, of sharing these songs live with with the, the developing fan base how do you plan to take them out are you taking them out now and how do you plan to take them out in the future yeah, 100%. So we did, um, I've, I've had a really great uh, partnership and sort of relationship with The Mint here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the oldest sort of rock and roll venues here in LA. Um, and I did my record, my debut record release uh, gig there for my island. And we had a great crowd there. I had a whole full band performing seven people on stage. Mm. Uh, drums, percussion, bass, electric guitar, two acoustic guitars, and um, keyboards. Right now, I've, I've, I'm, I'm working on uh, acoustic performances. So it's either just me on a guitar or me with a percussionist on stage mm-hmm. and maybe other acoustic guitar player uh, supporting me on lead acoustic while I'm doing rhythm acoustic guitar. Um we have a gig coming up at the Viper Room, which is one of the most famous uh, gig spots here on Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles. Um, but I'm going to just be sort of downstairs where they do the more intimate acoustic performances. I also have been approved for, there's a platform called So Far Sound. Mm. They're all over the United States and they curate intimate gatherings. Um, and I'm now approved there. So I think I have a gig I'm just waiting for confirmation on December 2nd. And yeah, and I'm basically performing all the songs from my, my unreleased first album at these, at these gigs. So yeah, I'm sort that's of cool. the music in that, in that way. Yeah. And what, what's your future vision uh, bucket list with all of this? What, what would you like to see? What, what What's on the horizon? I mean, my dream is really to get the opportunity to, you know, to to tour and and perform the music to larger audiences all over the planet. Um, Right now, you know, definitely focusing on the state of California um, because that's where I live and that's where I have more relationships. Mm -hmm. It needs to perform. But I also have um, interesting relationships and opportunities down under in Australia. Mm, Cool. Australian, we spent a lot of time down under, and um, we know a lot of artists uh, down under. Actually, uh, Benny Holloway, who's 
a soundscapes artist uh, who's based in the Byron Bay area in Australia performed some backing tracks uh, with me on my island. And he's a beautiful touring artist and has invited me down there to perform with him. Um, we work closely with an artist named Brian Canham from a band called Pseudo Echo in Australia. Mm-hmm. It was a huge band in the 80s and he's been uh, touring Australia and they're is the possibility of going on tour with him in Australia oh, and cool. New Zealand. And, you know, Australia, they have a huge audience for sort of, you know, Americana and, and, and tropical sort of reggae vibe music. You know, it's definitely a tropical friendly country. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'd love to be able to even make that uh, a second home base for my family. Yeah. Uh, being yeah. that, it's a bit safer in Australia for kids, you know, yeah. with gun laws. Right. Right. Compared yeah. to America. I, I have two kids in one in elementary school and one in grade school. And just yesterday there was a gun scare and they shut down my son's middle school. There was a, mm. a child panic attack and had to be pulled out of the school on a stretcher. I mean, those things are pretty yeah. stressful. For Traumatizing parents, you know? for sure. Yeah. 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 So where can fans find you, talk to you, get your music, listen to these these singles as they're, as they're coming out? What's the best way to communicate with you? Well, my website, eddiewitz.com, so E-double-D-I-E-W-I-T-Z.com, will then link to all my social platforms, whether it's, okay. uh, and certainly on Instagram, you can click on the Linktree uh, link, which is going to bring up all the digital service platforms currently playing our first debut record for my island from spotify pandora title deezer um we're everywhere yeah and yeah i mean uh, i just started a tiktok uh social account and it's starting to grow um i'm mostly active on uh, facebook instagram and tiktok from a social perspective and there's tons of behind the scenes footage what i'm most excited about is we are i went to jamaica to shoot three music videos, two for my island and one for Jamaica time. And I'm about to release the first music video for my island. I've spent seven months in post-production working on the edit and the coloring because we shot in these gorgeous natural uh, locations and settings in Jamaica, in in Ocho Rios and the parish of St. Anne, where Bob Marley was born and grown. And I knew the potential of the cinematography to look like a National Geographic, you know, documentary was in the footage. Mm-hmm. But to actually get it there, you actually have to spend, you know, countless hours color grading. Um, so I've been learning a lot about content creation and editing and post production. But we finally got the videos. It's ninety nine point nine percent done, and we're putting the finishing touches on it today. And we're going to start promoting that and hopefully dropping the video within the next couple of weeks, if not over Thanksgiving holiday weekend. Oh, man, that's cool. That's cool. Good. Well, Eddie, I I wish you the best with it, man. I I love your story. And um, uh, the music is really cool. And it's got a it's got a fun vibe. You know, it's just it's just a good it's it's a good 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 feeling music. And so I'm you know, I'm, I'm excited for what. Uh, what you've got working and uh, for the full album to come out and, and for everybody to hear your music. So I, I appreciate you taking the time to share it with us. Yes. Thank you. I'm, I'm so appreciative. This, this opportunity for me is, 
is really like I said a healing journey. So the music is 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 helping me heal myself, you know, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And so I'm hoping the listeners, because most people are going through something mm-hmm. challenging mm-hmm. lives, it, they they will or they have. And um, you know, we're all in this together, and 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 this lifespan that we all share is so so quick, you know. So yeah, I'm trying to make the most of it as we can and um, share you yeah. know, as much as possible. Cool. Thanks, Eddie. All right, you got it. One love. Big respect. Appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions, and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at IntoHistory.com.